two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. As you all know, I'm a mom, and that means parenting issues are near and dear to my heart. And to be honest, I have never had one of my children come to me questioning their gender. I certainly have wondered how families face issues like this and how society is pushing them one way or the other. And I know people are in both sides of that camp. And we've talked a lot about what it is to transition or have a transgender child. But today we have someone with us who has agreed to talk about her situation, Chloe Cole. She is considered a detransitioner. And she's agreed to share her story today in hopes of helping other families who are going through something similar. I find this interesting because I think a lot of parents are facing this. I mean, it's something that we talk about at home. When I say that I haven't had to deal with it as a child coming to me and telling me that they want to transition, they see it. It's constantly in their face. They see it no matter whether they're on Pinterest or, you know, on a a game. They are seeing this. And so that conversation has to be had. So I'm really grateful that Chloe agreed to come on and talk about this today. But but before we get into that first, I just want to talk to you really quickly about American financing. It's 2024 and a lot of us are trying to get our finances in order. And there's actually some great news for homeowners. Interest rates have finally dropped. They're now in the fives, a lot lower than where they were last year. And if you are buried in high interest credit card debt, which I know a lot of us are struggling to break free from that right now, American financing can help you access cash in your own home to pay off your high interest debt. Last year, their salary-based mortgage consultants helped customers save an average of $854 a month. You guys, that's like giving yourself a 10 thousand dollar raise and what a great way to start the new year if you start today you may be able to delay two full mortgage payments call american financing today at 866-890-9313 that's 866-890-9313 americanfinancing.net NMLS 182334, NMLS, APR rates in the fives to start, they start at 6.406% for well-qualified borrowers. Call today. It's 866-890-9313 for details about credit costs and terms. Now I want to welcome Chloe Cole to the podcast. Chloe, thank you so much for speaking out on this. Thank you for having me. So I heard your story and I think that a lot of us are shocked by it, but also I can see very easily how it could happen because we trust, I think we intrinsically trust the medical the medical community. So if the medical community comes to me and says, my daughter has a problem, I'm going to take that very seriously. So can you just walk us through, because you say you had these concerns and it was just kind of like you were seems almost like you were taken on a wave of what to do next by the medical community. Yeah, that's exactly the premise that they that they give to these parents of these kids. They tell them that it's basically like it's life or death for their son or their daughter. That 
they're going to have a high risk of suicide if they don't go through with these treatments. Um, and that's exactly what they told my mom and dad. Now, I, what made me vulnerable to this was that there are a few things. Um, I started puberty pretty young. Um, I was about like eight or nine when my breasts started coming in, which, I mean, girls are starting to go through puberty younger and younger. So I guess now that's pretty standard, but it doesn't make it any less difficult, really. Um, I mean, in my experience, like it really did feel like my body was, it felt like it was becoming, it was developing a lot faster than I was as a person. Um, I was still a child and I felt like people were starting to almost see me like I was a woman already. Mm. Um, I was getting like a lot of comments on my body. A lot of it was from my peers, um, both girls and boys. Um, and it was just embarrassing to have that part of my, my body, just have like these developing parts of my body be focused on so much. Um, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by that, I guess. And I never really thought of it that way. But my youngest two are 10 right now. And I think that you are actually starting to talk about that stuff in school because they go through kind of those classes of your body's going to change. And then they start talking about, well, so-and-so already has, and this person's wearing a bra. And there is a lot of, and I mean, we are in a house of, I have four daughters, so everybody's pretty open about that kind of stuff. So the girls do talk about it. And I, I just never had really thought about how that might be something that is challenging. We are late bloomers in our house. I'm not going to lie. So for us, it's like, I never thought about it from the perspective of what it is like if you're not a late bloomer. Yeah. And I didn't really, it's not something that I really felt like I had anybody to talk about with either. Um, mm. At the age that I was, I didn't really know how to verbalize these feelings mm. or even just like how, how much it was affecting me. Um, but I didn't feel super close to a lot of my family and not really like my, my mom or my older sisters. So I didn't really feel like I had anybody to like look up to and ask questions about this kind of thing. Um, and a lot of the information that I was getting on my body, on my sexuality was from like my peers or from the internet. Um, so not exactly the greatest guidance. Um, and I was a bit of a tomboy. Um, especially like as I got older, I just started to feel like I related more and more to the boys around me. Um, and I just liked being in their presence more. I felt like they were funnier. They were more fun to be around. And I just enjoyed my time with them more than I did um, being with the girls for a very long time. Um, and being a tomboy was something that I took pride in for a little while. But it got difficult, like, as I started, like, progressing through middle school, everybody starts going through, everybody else starts going through puberty, too, and, like, the dynamics change socially. And now, like, I can't, like, hang out with a guy without being, without it being seen as, like, a, like, a romantic thing. And losing that was kind of difficult for me as I went through that. And I started to feel like, you know, there's all these expectations of me as a girl, as a woman, that I don't really feel like I can really match up with, hmm. um, both like out of myself as a person, out of my personality, um, and also like the way that I look. Um, I grew up like in a very hypersexualized, very media rich environment. So it wasn't something that I could really escape. And that was, that was pretty difficult for me. Um, it got to the point that like, I started to feel like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be enough as a woman. And mm. I don't really know if that's something that I want to be either. Um, I was getting all these negative ideas about what being a woman would be like, what that would mean. Um, and it always seemed like people and other girls and women, especially while talking about it, would always talk it. They would always focus on the negatives, the pain of periods of pregnancy, childbirth, how scary all of that was. Hmm. And wow. I really our words like really do matter. It. It, it, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, gosh, how often do we 
we just complain a lot. And what is that? And you're young at this point. You're 12 at this point? Yeah, roughly about about 12 years old. Hmm. When I started to when I started to feel this way. Um I felt like the value of being a woman wasn't really emphasized to me. And hmm. there were times when I thought I would just be happier if I had been born as a boy. That I would fit in better, that it just would make better sense. But I didn't really actually believe that I actually was a guy until I learned about the transgender community through social media. And this idea was planted in my head that just because somebody's born one way doesn't mean they have to be like that for life. Your identity is your choice. You don't have to, if you don't like it, you don't have to live that way. You get to make the decision. And I mean, some, some people are born in the wrong body. I think that, I think that that is, I think there are some people who really feel that they are born in the wrong body, but this has been pushed on children at such a young age, at such a vulnerable age. And I think we've seen this, we seem to have seen this increase. And I I asked for your story because your story comes at a time when this is not in the news media all the time. Not People are not talking about this. And, and I talked about the doctors because I think you can be shuffled into a room and told, okay, th- this is the treatment for this. And there's no real marker to say, well, wait a minute, that wasn't the treatment for them. That wasn't the treatment for them. Like, why is this the treatment for me? You know? And so I just wonder if that was what happened in your family at that time. I mean, my closest my closest connection to this is when I was sick myself and went for cancer treatment. The doctor's like, okay, this surgery will go in and we will have the surgery immediately in within five days. And I was like, man, as an adult at 38 years old, I, for the first time, stepped back and said, I don't know if I trust this. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done to say, I don't trust what a doctor is telling me. And so, so I want when people are hearing this and they're like, oh, how could you end up doing this? You automatically trust your doctors. It's like they're the experts. There's this feeling that going against them is so challenging. It's so hard to pull away from what we know as a society that the medical community is right. So when you went in at 12 and you started talking to doctors about this, what did they say to your parents? So with the transgender community, it's pretty unique because, I mean, the community itself romanticizes these treatments, talking about, oh, Mm. you're going to experience gender euphoria when you feel affirmed, when you you start socially transitioning, and then more and more as you go through the medical process of it. Um, So I already, I mean, with the way that they sell it, I was already invested in actually going into the treatments um, before I was in the doctor's office. Um, They talk about how Mm. they connect your identity with these treatments. They say that gender identity is something that is innate and it has to be treated immediately because of the apparent suicide risk of Did you feel suicidal at all? Um, no, I actually wasn't suicidal at all until I started on these treatments. Um, I was, hmm. I was in distress, sure. Um, a lot of it was just really like ordinary adolescent girl distress of going through the process of puberty, all the social changes and, and all the awkwardness and, and grief that can come with that. And nobody had really ever considered that. Um, but I also, I was previously diagnosed with ADHD. I had symptoms of actually being on the spectrum. Um, I wasn't doing super well socially in school um, at that time. And I had a body image disorder that actually went undiagnosed for years until after I stopped transitioning. I had like these very visible red flags that were completely ignored during the course of treatment. Hmm. Like what? But I was not like like what I I like what I just um that they should like the, have the ADHD when, and such. So when you came in, I mean, it is kind of shocking to think that you would go in and they wouldn't say, okay, well, we're looking at a patient who's 12. 
who has gone through puberty, puberty early, who has struggled with the, the social anxiety that comes around going through puberty early as a girl. Because I think even as a girl, to me, it's harder because it's visible, right? I mean, yeah. boys may have their voice changed, but there's a visible change in, in you're different than the other kids. And so and it's a lot more, it's a lot more, the physical changes in girls, they come on a lot more quickly as well. Like they develop a lot more quickly. Instead of talking through that and talking about the beauty of your body changing, because I think it's hard to think of it as beautiful at the moment, but there is so much beauty in what happens through puberty. And, and we're so we're in a society right now that is like, oh, nothing hard. We want to avoid anything hard. Puberty is hard. I mean, you are changing. You're emotional. I have girls in my house right now that are going through puberty. And and one minute, everybody's jo joking and laughing. And the next minute, they don't even know why they're upset because there's so much going on in your body. It is chaos and it's very challenging. You would think that at those critical moments, that's when the medical community would say, okay, we've got to come in and we've got to talk to this person about how the body changes and how this is normal and you'll get through it. Because in yeah. addition to that, those highs and lows, also once they pass, they pass, but they put you on puberty blockers. We've talked a lot on this program about puberty blockers because there's so many harmful effects to them. There's potential sterility. It changes. It, it stops you from growing. We don't know what that does actually to your body long term. But take us through that from your perspective. Were you excited about this? Is this what, I mean, you say you read about it on online, you were in these communities. So did you feel like you were pushed into that or was this just kind of the natural next step? I feel like push isn't really the night, the, the, the right word necessarily, because I wasn't directly interacting with anybody. I wasn't really talking with anybody. I was just watching and observing as they went through. I mean, it was kind of beautiful to me at the time because it looked like they were going through these trials mm -hmm. with uh, going from many of these individuals were bullied or abused by um, their family. They were not in the best situations at school, um, at home. but they got through it and eventually they became accepted amongst their peers amongst their family they started being referred to as their preferred name um some of them eventually went on to to take hormones and undergo the other procedures and it was like wow like it's just incredible watching these people's journeys as they become happier as they become who they claim to be their authentic selves and that was something that I really, it was something that hit pretty deeply for me because mm -hmm. I was struggling to find my identity for years. I didn't have a whole lot of friends um, in elementary or middle school. Um, and I didn't really know who I was as a person. I didn't feel like I was really recognized by the people around me. Like I was always just kind of a wallflower and it gave me hope that I could find myself. And I really truly believed that I had the brain of a boy in a girl's body. And that's mm. why I wasn't a feminine girl. That's why I felt this distress around my developing body. And my doctors took this belief I had and they let it run the, they let my childish judgment run the entire course of my judgment and the rest of my physical development. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. If you're looking for natural, healthy weight loss support, MD Blend Doctor Formulated Metatrim is an excellent choice. MD Blend offers a money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Metatrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flower extracts, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and exercise go a long way, but... The doctor-formulated blend of ingredients found in Metatrim can provide healthy weight loss support to supplement your life. Go to mdblend.com today, click on the products tab, and select doctor-formulated Metatrim. Enjoy healthy weight loss support at mdblend.com with a money-back guarantee if not satisfied. You have nothing to lose but weight with Metatrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. A child at 12 can make a decision to take a medication that is going to change everything about their development. But it wasn't just that. I mean, you had surgery in just a few years after that. Just from, I think from the outside perspective, it's like, oh my goodness, this is a freight train. It's going so fast. She went from questioning what her place was in the world to having her breasts removed. And that seems hard to understand and what was that like for you? Because you say that initially that was a good thing, right? When did you decide, hmm, this is probably not what I was supposed to do? It wasn't, I wouldn't really say it was a good thing, even if I felt that way at the time. I wouldn't really even say that it made me happy. Hmm. Sure, like I was excited, but I wasn't fulfilled because the entire basis of the treatments, it's a lie. I was never actually going to become a boy and I was just going to become damaged and chasing this dream that would never come true. Mm. Um, so they started me on puberty blockers and testosterone at 13. Um, the blockers are pretty tough. Um, I was on them for about a year and for about like a, like a month to about like two months of that time, I was on them alone without any other, tr- any other, any other hormone. And I, it basically like put me to a place into like a state of mon- menopause because I was like, mm. I was like four or so years into puberty. Right. And it just halted my development. It halted all the production of my sex hormones um, and the function of my ovaries while I was on them. And so I was getting the whole the whole deal. I was under, I was experiencing like hot flashes. Um, oh my itching. word. As a child? Yeah. And this went on for about like the entire year oh. that I was on them. It was. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, and without like the, any hormones in my body, like it just, I felt very lethargic. It was, I felt like a little bit depressed and it made it hard to like focus my classes. So once I started on the testosterone, it was like, wow, like I feel great. I mean, it's a literal steroid that they put me on, that they put this little 13-year-old girl on. And so, like, I 
had like a huge boost to my energy. Um, I felt pretty confident both because of the effects of being on androgens and also because I was, I felt affirmed. I felt like I was on track to becoming this boy who I was led to believe that I was supposed to be. Um, I was looking forward to the physical changes, which came pretty quickly. Um, my voice dropped pretty quickly, and it was very deep for a long time. Like, it was a lot deeper than it is now, actually. And it's a miracle that it even lightened up. Um, then I started developing mm. a bunch of muscle. I started to, like, the hair all over my body got thicker. The hair on my head, the hair in my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my facial hair. Um, I started to develop, like, this glow in my skin. And I felt like it was the best I had ever looked in my life. And when you're somebody who has a body image disorder, mm. you want to change. You seek change. And this gave me that. Um, it was still kind of awkward because I was still in eighth grade when I was starting these, event these interventions. So like, even as I was starting to change physically and I was, I was satisfied and looking forward to that, I mean, everybody around me had known me since elementary school. They, I, I wasn't, nobody actually thought that I was a boy. Um, so I decided, like, I wouldn't make any further efforts to transition until I would, I would enter high school. Um, and that changed, um, because of a sexual assault that happened in, at school. Um, wow. That went completely unresolved because I didn't really feel like I could report it to anybody because I didn't trust anybody at that school, um. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't even trust like my teachers and the staff there to help me with my education. Um, I had an IP that they were not following the rules of at all. So how could I help? How could I expect them to help me with, help me feel safe there? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was in the mindset of like, I'm trying to become a boy. So, I mean, how would I even tell that to somebody? I don't want to be seen right. as weak. I don't want to be seen as a girl. I just, I guess all I have to do about this is man up. So I never reported that assault for years. Um, but I decided that I would start trying to hide my breasts so that nobody could ever hurt that part of my body ever mm. again. So going to high school, I was on hormones long enough, um, that I actually had a deeper voice than most of the other, the other boys, like going to freshman year. Um, and I looked like any other like 14 year old boy and my chest was hidden. Nobody knew other than people who I went to school with before, but I, I, I started going through like the social changes as people like saw me as a boy. Um, I started using like the male restroom facilities and locker room facilities. And I thought for a while that I was satisfied that I was happy with this, but that just kind of lingering feeling of like, of fear of people even just knowing that I was a girl, especially because of what had just happened to me months prior was in my mind for, for years. Um, just out of curiosity, I, I went, though, as you're telling me this, it just seems like there's so much energy into this because it's like uh, almost like keeping a secret, but it's not a secret. And it's just there's just so much of your energy as a student that has to go into who you who you are trying to become. What was that like trying to do to do school to do childhood at that time while you are? at doctors and getting medications and there's so much going on revolving around changing your gender. How is anything else happening? That's childhood based. I mean, I really do feel like I was forced to, to grow up a lot sooner than I should have. Hmm. And it was like, and that's I funny because it's almost like that's what you day. were trying to avoid. In some ways. Yeah. I, I mean, with the early, with the early puberty, it's like you were like, I didn't want to go through this early puberty. And then all of a sudden you're forced into growing up even faster. Huh. I mean, it was like I was putting on a mask every day. Um, huh. I knew even subconsciously that I was still a woman, that I always would be that way. And like, especially like when I would come home after school, like I would take, ho I would take off my, um, my binder, which was like the compression garment that I used to um, to make my my, flat, my my chest look flat before I underwent surgery, and you know, like I I take like a shower, I would see my bare chest, 
And it was just a reminder that this part of me would never change. And it was, it, it was just exhausting to basically lie to everybody around me every day, to worry that one day I might be found out, to worry about what the consequences of that might be. Um, especially like if somebody like finds me like in the locker room or like in the bathroom while I'm alone, while I'm in a vulnerable situation, like while I'm changing or something. And what could, what could happen to me? What could they do to me? It was very anxiety inducing and eventually it just wasn't exciting anymore. It was just my life. And mm. that life was worse than the one that I had before. I started feeling more and more dissociated from that girl, that person who I used to be. I started feeling dissociated from my own body. Um, as the changes started rolling in, I started feeling like I was becoming more and more distant with the people around me, with my friends, my family, with my surroundings. What is it like I at home at this point? What do your, how do your parents interact with you? I mean, is this hard for them? Are they seeing that this is a real struggle? Um, yeah, I mean, it was really hard to, to figure it out at first for me because, I mean, in, during that like initial like year or so, I was in the honeymoon phase and I seemed like I was happier. Mm. Um, mm. and I seemed that way to all the people around me. And then I started getting drastically worse so, so quickly. And I know that it was hard for my mom and dad because they were watching. It's like watching your own kid become an entirely different being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what my mom and dad went through, but I mean, they, from the very beginning, they wanted to be accommodating. They wanted to help me feel comfortable in my own skin. But they didn't want me to go through this. They didn't want mm. me to, they didn't want me to transition medically at all. Um, that was not their expectation when they sent me to therapy. When I started seeing the doctors, they wanted to have help in, in raising me, really. They just wanted me to be able to grow up without any intervention to have some freedom in expressing myself but they didn't want me to undergo any decisions surrounding my body they felt like their hand was forced because they were told that it was all i had that it was going to be my life on the line and when you're a mother or a father and you're told that your your son or daughter could die if you don't start treatment now what do you do mhm mm oh i can i they, i honestly i cannot even imagine having that conversation with doctors and i think that that has been shocking to parents to hear but if you put yourself in that position, you're like, man, if I'm, in if I'm sitting in front of a doctor and they're telling me you're going to lose this kid, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I don't lose my child. So, so you, I mean, this is a long period of your life. And especially as a child, this is a long period of your life. So this starts when you're like 12. Yeah. You have the double mastectomy when you're 15. By 16, you're going... I don't think I want to be a, a boy anymore. Is that how it went? Yeah. Um, so in my sophomore year of high school, I started to become like very visibly depressed. Um, mm. My grades were actually starting to, to fail. Like I was failing out of my classes, out of several classes by this point in time. I wasn't applying myself in my studies anymore. I just, I became apathetic. I stopped caring. I became suicidal. I just didn't want to be here anymore because it, every day was just such a struggle for me. And I couldn't even figure it out because I was so deep into this idea that I was a boy. Hmm. That's, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't even fathom that this could be wrong or that this could be hmm. harming me because I was some, my, my entire family was so sold into it. So how hard is it, if everybody's sold into it, how hard is it to go, maybe this isn't what I am? I mean, just the thought of going back to everybody in my mm. life and telling them 
that I was wrong about this, that I was still Chloe, that I was still a girl and would only ever be a woman was just humiliating. I, I, I couldn't even fathom that for the longest time. But you were time. a kid. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy to me as an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's not. You're a kid. You can make those decisions. Like you can change your mind because that's how, that's your age at that time. We all know that. Yeah. Um, but I started to get sick of wearing this stupid binder every day. It's like, I like, yeah, it was comforting that that part of my body was, was hidden, that nobody would know that I was actually a girl and that nobody could hurt that part of me, that there was this barrier on me basically. But I mean, this thing was tight. Like it would get sweaty. Like I'd wear it. Like whenever I worked mm-hmm. out, whenever like I went swimming or on a run, um, I, I hated it. And after two years of it, I was just so done with it. I wanted to be free of it. But I also didn't want to have visible breasts anymore. I was kind of insecure about like how the rest of my body was becoming more masculine visually. But this part of my body was still there. And I just felt like it made me so ugly. I wanted to look like the other boys my age. I wanted to be able to take off my shirt like them and not have to worry about anything. And there is still that unresolved sexual trauma that I, I mean, for the longest time, I didn't even recognize it as that. I didn't know mm-hmm. how to bring that up in, 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 in therapy because I repressed it. And I mean, there was just so much going on that should have been like a major red flag to my providers when I was going through, um, when I was going through the, ref- the referral process for surgery. But that how much of that like, do no, you think is, how much of it do you think surgery. is experimental and that they wanted to get money? I mean, sometimes I feel like these doctors are like, oh, this could be a cash cow and this person <clears throat> is willing to be my astronaut in this game. Everything about this course of treatment is experimental, mm-hmm. especially on children. We don't know how this affects a children's development long term when it comes to their brain, um, how, it, how it affects them as they're developing socially and emotionally, how it affects their sexual and reproductive developments or the rest of their body. Um, we're starting to, we're just barely starting to scratch the surface. Um, with how how Lupron, how mm. cross-sex hormones affect boys and girls. But, they say it's all reversible. Do you feel like it's reversible? No. no. And that actually, a lot of these, it's, it's interesting that a lot of these activists say that it's reversible because my doctors actually told me that some of these effects are not going to be reversible. And oh, that the that's surgery lovely. is not going to be reversible either. Um, either way, though, like no matter how much you try to tell a kid, like, they're not going to get that. They're not being no. able, they're not going to be able to get that through their heads because children don't know what permanent means. When you've been right. in the world for less than a few decades, when you have so little experience in life and when your brain is not even halfway fully developed, how are you supposed to make a decision that will affect you for life? Mm. Especially around these things that are so so integral to the human experience. So you, like your you, reproductive you t- abilities, like your sexual function and drive. You talked about a few things that changed, like your voice. You, you said your voice has gotten a little higher, but generally that doesn't happen. What about facial hair? What about those things that are innately male? Do those, when you go off, do those go away? Um, some of the effects are reversible, like the changes in muscle mass and, and such. Um, but the changes in my bone structure are permanent. I, mm. I have like wider shoulders, like a wider upper body. My hips are not super developed. Um, and I have like a bit of an Adam's apple. I, my voice is never going to be where it was or where it would have been. Um, I used to sing and I'm mm. like struggling to get my singing capabilities back. Um, and the facial hair is permanent. Um, I end up having to get laser because I actually had like a little bit of a like a five o'clock shadow. Um, and you know, like I'm 
a woman, like some, some women have like PCOS or other conditions where they have like higher androgens and they're fine with that. Not for me. Um, and I also have some issues with my reproductive system. Like I currently do not have a, a regular cycle. Um, Mm. I have some issues with my sexual function, which is I'm an adult now. Like I'm 19 years old and that's something that's painful to acknowledge for me. That's something that is mm-hmm. going to affect me in my future relationships. Um, that's going to affect me in my marriage potentially. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to have children, if I'll be able to conceive, or if I'll be able to safely carry to term, whether I'm at risk of any sort of reproductive cancers or like the quality of my, my eggs, for example. That's something that's scary for me because now, like, I'm an adult and I want to have a family of my own. Um, some there were some effects that I wasn't really properly informed of. Um, like, I experienced joint pains, I believe, from the puberty blockers and possibly from the, the combination of the hormones as well. Um, after about a year or so of being on the hormones, I actually started to have issues with my urinary tract. So like every month to every other month, like I was getting infections. Like I Mm. was starting (sighs) to get even like blood clots and blood in my urine. And that was terrifying. A lot of this, I just, I, I was not prepared for. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. If you're looking for natural, healthy weight loss support, MD Blend Dr. Formulated Metatrim is an excellent choice. MD Blend offers a money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Metatrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flower extracts, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and exercise go a long way, but... The doctor-formulated blend of ingredients found in Metatrim can provide healthy weight loss support to supplement your life. Go to mdblend.com today, click on the products tab, and select doctor-formulated Metatrim. Enjoy healthy weight loss support at mdblend.com with a money-back guarantee if not satisfied. You have nothing to lose but weight with Metatrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. I mean, that's the thing that I, I like get so mad about. I'm like, of course you weren't prepared for it because you were a child and your parents were being manipulated by this system. So let me ask you, there's a lot of kids out there right now that are in your same situation that are at the beginning and looking at this and they're like, gosh, I'm really considering this. So you've got Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, who just said he's not going to ban transgender surgeries. If somebody would have stopped that from happening if they would have said you know what she has to grow up and she can't have the puberty blockers she can't have the surgery do you think that that would have been better for you absolutely i mean on i feel like on every single level i was failed 
It should not have even been a possibility for me to go on these treatments at the age that I was. I, these doctors failed me. The state of California failed me. The lack of protective laws and measures for these kids wow. is destroying them. It's destroying their families. And that's, and I think that's the thing is that people, whether you are a child or an adult, you are getting manipulated by this medical system. So now do you have any recourse? Will they, will they pay for anything to be any treatments to, to reverse this? Um, no, there is no guarantee that they will cover that. They will cover these treatments, um, as part of my detransition, um, here in California, my home state, all the treatments for transition from the blockers, the um, hormones, any other medications that that may that are part of the transition, and both like the the breast surgeries and the genital surgeries are entirely covered by insurance by law. But there is no similar law for detransitioning. There are there aren't even there's not even a standard of care. There are no medical codes to bill for, for those of us who decide to stop transitioning. So we have, as, it, as, as it's standing now, detransitioners and those of us who regret transition and are trying to find a way out don't really have any sort of resource. We don't mm. know what to do. Our doctors don't even know what to do with us. They don't, so want, they to, the they don't want you to be out there because you're the, the example that says they were wrong. Absolutely. And if you could give I've, one I've, message I've to this with my own doctors for parents who are going through this, because I think that's the that is the group that has to come forward and say, no, we're not going to let this happen. But I know I mean, we have people in our own life that are like, I have no choice because of what will happen to my kid from your perspective. Knowing who you were at that age, what would you tell those parents? Um, do not affirm these feelings at all. Mm. Don't even refer to your child by their preferred name or pronouns mm. or identity. Wow. Because in doing so, you're reinforcing the idea that they were born wrong, that there is something wrong with the way that their perfectly healthy bodies are. Mm. Wow. You need to help them understand that they're beautiful. That's they don't have to fix what's on the outside in order to be okay on the inside. Mm. You are their parents. You're their family. You know them best. You've raised them up since birth. And it's up to you to have these hard conversations with them, as awkward as it might be, about where they're, where they're getting this idea from that's they have to reject the sex that they were born as, that they can change an innate part of them. Why they're, why they're experiencing so much distress around their body and getting to the bottom of that is just, it's so important. Yeah. And Chloe, you, you and, are so beautiful. And I am so grateful that you came on to talk about this. It's something that I think, you know, in our family, we try to be really open and I am different than my mom was. And I think it's important that we change because there is so much our kids have access to now that I didn't have access to as a kid. And there are so many questions that I have to tell you as a mom are so awkward to talk about with my kids. But my kids will come to me and they'll say things like, mom, so-and-so says she would never talk to her mom about her crush or she would never talk to her mom about this. And, and you know, I feel okay talking to you about that. And, and I just think that we are a society that likes to look like kind of block things out and not have the hard discussions and just make the quick fix and move on. But you've taught us today that we need to talk. Absolutely. I think that a big part of this is that we become too comfortable, that we mm. value comfort over pretty much everything. Everything so is, I mean, compared to like just 100 years ago, even just like 50 or 30 years ago, we're so much more comfortable. But because of that, we don't really 
value going through these these trials and these tribulations anymore. And I think that's what that's what that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what these what children need in order to fully develop into functioning adults. Those are the safe places to go through the hard stuff. Those are like, you have to go through hard things when you're safe so that when you're out on your own, you know what hard is and you can handle it. Yes. And it's not only these, these trials as people, as adolescents that we have to go through. Puberty is something that you can't negotiate. It's, I mean, it's not just the development of your reproductive system and your secondary sex characteristics. It involves every single part, every single system in your body. And you can't expect someone to fully develop into an adult physically, sexually, emotionally. If they're not developing as normally. Right. Right. You got to go through that hard. And I'm so glad you were here to talk about it. Chloe Cole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator. Generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. Looking for natural, healthy weight loss support? Try MD Blend Doctor Formulated Meditrim. MD Blend offers a money-back guarantee if not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Meditrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flower, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and the doctor-formulated blend in Meditrim can provide healthy weight loss support. Nothing to lose but weight with Meditrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.